great future. We're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, I'm Tom Cock. Special guest today, Don McDonald, not part of our program, but we are honored to have the Chief Investment Officer of Avantis Investors, Eduardo Repetto, join us here on Talking Real Money. Thank you for dropping by our studio. Thank you very much for having me here. It's it, always a pleasure. It's been a while, but uh, you're reminding me the last time we chatted was in the height of the financial crisis. So let's not repeat that by the fact that we're getting together today. <laughs> no, no, no. What do you say? These are good times. Yeah, more. Indeed. Okay, well, let's start the conversation maybe just first for people to understand the differences between using, uh, which you guys primarily do, exchange-traded funds versus mutual funds. What are the advantages to using ETFs? Yeah, so th- this is a great question, and and, and, and it's, it's, it's quite topical to speak about this today. So you know that the mutual fund uh, allows investors to have full diversification, uh, access to professional management to achieve hopefully their, their expected returns that the fund is trying to deliver. One of the issues that you have when you invest in a mutual fund is people coming in and out impose costs on the long-term shareholders. When you buy a mutual fund, you are delivering cash. The portfolio manager gets that cash and buys securities. Who pays for the buying of those securities? Every shareholder inside the fund. When you redeem from a mutual fund, you are taking cash out. So the portfolio managers need to sell securities to raise that cash and then selling and sending you the cash. In the process, they are generating capital gains. They are generating costs. Um, and sometimes they have to carry cash and use the line of credits to be able to deliver the cash to you. ETF is different. ETF is a more modern structure. The ETF, when you buy an ETF, you buy it in the market. And the broker that sold the ETF in order to get the ETF shares to give it to you, they have to deliver the securities that the ETF manager us wants. So they give us the securities to us and we receive those securities. When you sell an ETF, you sell it to a broker. The broker gets the cash by but giving us the ETF shares and we give them the securities that we don't want and they sell the securities and raise their cash. So all the transactions for shareholder activities doesn't happen inside ETF. They happen outside ETF. We're not selling securities. We're delivering securities in kind. So the cost and the tax realization happen outside. So it's a very, very efficient vehicle. I would think about funds and ETF as a pay form. You know, remember the pay form? Mm-hmm, remember those sure. things that you put coins and it's big? I'm old enough to remember, yes. Yeah, you cannot find them anywhere. <laughs> Why? Know, because the new technology is a cell phone and you can carry it with you everywhere, even if you travel around the world. So we don't need pay phones anymore. We can have cell phones. Well, mutual funds is 1940 technology. ETF is a much modern technology. And people are selecting that because it has advantages that they, that mutual fund cannot deliver to investors. And so the criticism of ETFs in a general sense, are there so many of them, uh, they're confusing and there's trading. People are buying in and out of them, which sort of goes against what index funds were set up for, right? A more buy and hold approach. How do you respond to that? Well, let's separate the criticism in two parts. The first part that you say is that a lot of ETF. Of course, there is a lot of ETF. There is also a lot of mutual funds. I, I, I don't remember how many mutual funds are in 10, the market 000? today. Yeah, I, I think I, I was thinking about 15, but maybe, maybe so. 10,000, you're right. Well, ETF are also going to be a bunch of them. Why is that? Because managers come with ideas and they put it in competition in the market. And if investors like it, they buy it. If not, you know what will happen. They just 
go away. Like if say, survivorship bias and uh, survivorship in mutual funds, it, it's an issue because m- many mutual funds disappear over time. The same happens with ETF. No, ideas are put into an mm-hmm. ETF, ideas are put in a mutual fund, some of the ideas are bad ideas and they don't survive and, and so they go away. But that's part of the capital market. People compete in order to get some good offering for investors. So I'm not too worried about how many ETFs are. There are a lot of mutual funds. You know, that's it. That's the way it is. Now, the, the people buy and, and and sell. Yeah, you look, there are people that buy on on and sell on the same day. Yeah. But those are not investors, really. When you are investing, you are thinking about long-term investing. In particular, you're buying equities. That is a long-term investing. You're not buying to buy today, sell three hours later or sell tomorrow. It's a long-term investing. And there is always going to buy a lot of trading activity in buying and selling. If, if you look at the flows, for example, into mutual funds, you have a net number coming in or going out of a mutual fund on a daily basis. But that net number... It's a combination of people purchasing minus people redeeming. So there is a lot of activity that happens every day because there are many, many investors buying a, a mutual fund. The same happened in an ETF. But instead of seeing one net number at the end of the day, that is the, 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 the purchase minus the redemptions, you see it in the market. Every time that you're trying to buy a sell, you see a print in the market because there is a transaction happening. So it's not different than the mutual funds. In one, you see it. In the other, you don't see it. I think about this, the trading activities in uh, mutual funds as having a potato with a, with a lot of cream on top and a big steak and saying, oh, the, there is no cholesterol because no one told me. Well, the cholesterol is there. If they tell you or not, when you see an ETF, you see the trading activity. You see the prints. You say, oh, there is a lot of trades. Yeah, there is a lot of trade. In the mutual fund, also, there is a lot of trade. We happen not to see them. We're talking with Eduardo Repetto, who is the chief investment officer at Avantis. All right. So there's 10,000, 15. How do people pick which exchange-traded funds to use? Well, you look, I'm biased, so I know who is a good provider, and you just mentioned the name of the company Indeed. that is a good provider, and, <laughs> and, and I think I will do a pretty good job. But look, the most important thing is start with an asset allocation. Think what you're trying to achieve. Think your your goals. Think your risk apprehension. Think about how long you have to achieve those goals. Think how much money you can invest on, on what periodicity, on a, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on an annual basis. And so once you define your goal, your risk tolerance, your objectives, then you put together an asset allocation. Advisors are very well positioned to help with that. You know, it, it, Advisors have plenty of experience tools in order to help investors deal with these questions. But once you put an asset allocation, you need to achieve that asset allocation in the most effective way possible. And, and this so effective is, is low cost, wide diversification. Effective is ETF that pick the right securities for the right purpose. They have low cost, they have low turnover, they have broad diversification. If you can do that effectively, you finish with a good asset allocation. So when we at Abantis create ETF, we're always thinking in the asset allocation that the advisor will put together. So let's talk a little bit about Avantis because this, I mean, you had a 17 plus year career at Dimensional Funds, which very successful mutual fund uh, provider, index style, tilts, all the, all those things. Why 
why start this new company? Why why begin Avantis then? Oh, look, uh, so I work at Dimensional. Dimensional was at the forefront of innovation, if you go back in time. And it, it, it was great working there and working with so many bright people. And so we, we started, we were... Uh, around 107 people. I was an employee, 107, 25 billion. But uh, 17 years later, uh, I, I resigned and, and I retired in 2017. And it was 550 billion, so quite a growth. Uh, and it, it, it was time to do other things. I'll think what I wanted to do. And so I, I, I was doing nothing, working with university, doing other things. Uh, being with my family because uh, I was traveling too much before, and and I, I was lucky enough to get together with a group of people that decided to launch Avantis. And what was the goal for us when we launched Avantis? To have low fee investment solutions that are very very efficient from the point of view of costs and taxes, mm-hmm. and very efficient in helping advisors achieve the asset allocation that they need for their clients. And so we put. ETF, also mutual funds, because certain investors cannot buy ETF, but we put ETF in the market that were extremely innovative. And if you see how we have done, it's terrific. We, in two years and some months, we went from zero to more than 8.6 billion bonus mm-hmm. in assets, great flows. We're working with 1,100 advisors around the United States. We have institutional purchases. Uh, so I think we're achieving our goal, and our goal is helping advisor help their clients. In and is it mostly then most of the people using your the Avantis funds are advisors for their clients? Yeah, yes. M- most of our flows uh, are from advisors that are trying to achieve very uh, good asset allocations for their clients with, with the same objective, you say, broad, diversific- broad diversification, low cost, low turnover, and, and very efficient way to capture expected returns. And so how should, now that Dimensional has moved into exchange-traded funds as well, how should people compare you, Avantis, to Dimensional? Well, look, you can compare first fees. That's that's something that we can read. You say, what are the expense ratios of one thing versus the other? So two things that are similar, expense ratios, difference are in your face. You can read it. There is no question. But then you should understand the investment process and where the difference are in the investment process. And we think that we have, we have a state-of-the-art investment process. Uh, this is the, how the actually the money, it's not the style necessarily, but it's how the money is actually managed in the exchange-traded funds. Exactly. What ex- stocks you select and for what reasons you select. And you can see our performance. It's in the website. I cannot speak about that. But, you know, we have we have done quite well during this period of time. And... But, you know, we really care about delivering low-cost solutions that are very efficient in achieving asset allocation. Because if I can help the advisor, help their client, everyone is happy in the chain. I know that the client is happy with the advisor. I know that both of them are happy with us, and we feel good about what we do. So when you say select stocks, then I start feeling like this is active management. How would you characterize Avantis? Passive or active? That's a great question. So... Even an index selects stocks. You know, when the Russell 2000 reconstitutes change holdings on the third Friday of June, the Russell 2000 index is an index. Everyone will consider it an index, but they have to 
change stocks because they have a small cap companies that go up in price and they become large cap companies. So at some point, that large company has to get out of the index and a new small cap company has to get into the Russell 2000 index because it's a small cap index. So everyone selects stocks. The question is how you select the stock and why. So if you are a stock picker as an active manager, you're going to pick few stocks because you say that an undervalue and the price will go up. You know more than the market. You know that the market is wrong and the price of these stocks is lower than what it should be. And so you load on those stocks hoping that the price goes up. That's not our case. Okay. What we think is we are going to use financial science, valuation methods, in order to get a broadly diversified portfolio of stocks of given characteristics. And those characteristics are associated with higher expected returns. And we're going to be diversified across many, many stocks with those characteristics because there is no need to concentrate. And we're going to have low turnover and we're going to trade when we need to trade very efficient because there is no rush to get it done right now, no matter what's the cost, because our goal is to get the right exposures in order to capture those expected returns. And... It's a different point of view. You know, if you think that something's undervalued, you rush to buy it before the market corrects them. That's not how we think. We think our capture on higher spectral returns happen over longer periods of time. And so we can trade efficiently when we need to trade. And so what's what's in the lab? What are you working on next? I mean, because you got you have a full suite now, right? All the asset classes are covered. What are you working on to, to deliver next to advisors? So this is a great question. So we we launched a ATT, five ETF originally two years and change ago, and then we launched a three fixed income ETF. Uh, and now two months ago, we launched four new ETF, a US large value, an international large value, an emerging markets value, and a global real estate. Um, uh, and uh, we already filed a prospectus uh, with SEC to uh, launch a small cap, a uh, US small cap uh, in January. I cannot speak about that because we're sure. in a waiting period, but it's public information that we filed a prospectus. And we soon will be filing prospectus to launch three more, um, probably in late February, early March. Anything in the ESG arena? Mm, you're guessing right. Okay. You're yeah. guessing right. But remember, that when we have in a world full of regulations, so when things are in a quiet period, we cannot get into But ESG no. is so confused. I mean, because you look at the world of ESG today, it's so hard to determine which funds actually have rules. I mean, what's your view of ESG as an in, for investors in, in general? Look, uh, I, I think that, there is a lot of misconceptions about ESG. Uh, some people want to buy ESG because they think that by buying that, the companies will have higher expected returns. But at the end of the day, because you have good ESG qualities or bad ESG qualities, you cannot say much about expected returns because you can have a company with good ESG qualities and the price being very, very high. And if, you know, when something has a very high price, the spectral returns are low or the other way around. So for us, ESG is a way to deliver to the customer the portfolio characteristics that they want. You know, you some people, you're wearing a beautiful tie today. I don't wear a tie. And why? Because you like to wear the tie and you feel comfortable with that. I don't have a tie because I don't have a tie today because I didn't feel like having we'll a tie We'll loan you today. one while you're here. Don't no, worry. No, no, I'm fine with okay. that one today. Right. So, so, you know, investing 
is trying to achieve higher expected returns and feeling comfortable with that investment for a long period of time because you need that long period of time in order to achieve those higher expected returns. And so for us, uh, we want to deliver portfolios with the ESG characteristics that there is a desire to have in their portfolio. But at the same time, we want to deliver portfolios that have those characteristics, but they have broad diversification, they have high expected returns. So not only you achieve your ESG, environmental, social goals, but you also achieve your expected return. You achieve your goals Mm -hmm. for why you are investing. And we want to do that at low fees, with low turnover and high tax efficiency. So that's what we are doing. Our goal is to help advisors help their clients. And clients have constraints, have kinds of preferences, and we want to help that. Do good, but make money at the same time. Um, you know, American Century, that is our parent company, yes. has a, a beautiful saying. See, the, the motto is prosper with purpose. I like that. And yeah. it's beautiful because, you know, we want to prosper. That was our invest. But we want to have a purpose that is sometimes beyond investing. It's just helping others, being our family, being our neighbors, being society. And sure. that's I love that motto. And a couple other topics here very quickly. Where is Avantis on direct indexing? Okay, so direct indexing is based, it's a version of, of SMAs, if yeah. you think. You have different versions of SMAs. One, you just give it to a manager and they manage. And the other one is there is an index and you just copy the index. And there are different versions of SMA. I, I don't think bad about SMA. SMAs serve a purpose for many investors. So if you want to have a low portfolio, low turnover portfolio, you can do it in SMA, but you can also do it in an ETF. Um, but sometimes in an ETF or a mutual fund, you cannot com- accommodate your sh- your preferences. Let's suppose that you want to buy a portfolio that doesn't uh, invest in companies that have certain social characteristics that are just to you, or you don't want to buy a, a certain industry like airlines because you have a lot of exposures to airlines due to your job or due to your family business and whatnot. A typical ETF or a typical mutual fund will not satisfy those needs for you. So you need to go to some specialized SMA that is just customized for you. And so in those cases, I think that it makes a lot of sense. We manage SMAs, by the way. Okay. And we low minimum and low cost. Okay. But if you say, if you compare an SMA with an ETF, what is more efficient, everything equal, the ETF is more tax efficient. And so... Uh, I think that SMA plays a role, in particular when you have some constraints or some uh, undiversified position that you go through your employer mm-hmm. or some particular social or environmental or financial exclusion that you have to do because of your preference or your financial state at this point in life. Uh, but if you don't have those needs, you probably are better off with an ETF. It's way more tax efficient. Before one final question in the book Trillions, which I I, I I really enjoyed, and anybody I think wants to know the history of the of indexing should read this book. But in it, the author suggests that perhaps the next sort of issue for indexers may be the fact that the indexing as an industry is getting too big, common ownership, of where so companies won't have to try anymore because hey, everybody owns my stock, why would I bother? Um, is this something that you guys think, I mean, as a leader in this field that you think about from time to time? So it, the, the, there is the, 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 the thinking is if you have too much concentration in ownership, 
Like if you own 99.999% of the stock of one company, there is not much competition on the pricing on that mm-hmm. stock because you control everything. There is not much competition on the governance because you you can impose your views. And if you are a passive investor that doesn't want to exercise corporate governance through your proxies, basically the companies can do whatever they want. And I think that's not the goal for anyone, even for the, lax, the la- very large index managers. So the, the, the very large index managers have good proxy groups trying to vote their proxies, right? Uh, we do too. We take it very, very seriously. Um, from the point of view of ownership, there is enough stock that is out there that is in the hands of many, many investors, multiple investors. Not There is a big fraction that is concentrated in some index providers, but there is a lot that is in the hands of many, many investors. So there is still a lot of competition. And I don't think it is going to get ever to the point that is absolutely concentrated because capital markets don't allow that. The moment that you have everything concentrated, there is big profits to be made in the small part. So there is an equilibrium between the the indexers and the non-indexers. So there's still enough people that are actively, that are thinking they can pick the next stock, time the market, do whatever it is, so those people will be out there forever? There is a market there forever. They always have a market. And that market happens at the stock level, at the index level, at the asset class level. You know, the market is way more than just a stock. You have the futures market, you have the derivatives market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can you think that an index is not attractive? You can sell the whole index and buy something else. So there is activity all the way from the stock level to the derivatives, to the asset classes, to the ETF, to the mutual fund. There is enough activity to make the market work. And you guys will be one of those people paying attention to all that. Avantis Funds, a fun family you should definitely be paying attention to if you're not already. The Chief Investment Officer is Eduardo Repetto, and thank you for joining us here on Talking Real Money. It's always a pleasure. And always the, a pleasure. Oh, it's great to see you. And so for those of you listening, by the way, Retire Me 2022 is now live on the website. So if you're outside the Seattle area, you can join us on that day virtually. And then, of course, if you're in the Seattle area, we're actually going to get together. So go to retiremeet.com. You can register for that. And uh, thank you very much for joining us here on Talking Real Money. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.